this week on a very special episode of The Weekly Substandard. Can Tom Hanks save Inferno? Which is better, serious Oscar contending, funny goofy, or rom-com Tom Hanks? Also, has Tom Hanks really never done an action movie? Meanwhile, Jonathan admits he hates the smell of bourbon. I throw out trivia questions, but do I have the answers? And Sonny Bunch gets Wiener off his chest. I bet that's a relief. All on this week's episode of The Weekly Substandard. was my manager, and he called me a talking fight about taking And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! Well, then, I'm sorry! I'm sorry! They said it wouldn't last. Welcome back to the Weekly Substandard, a podcast on movies and pop culture for nerds like us. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Jonathan Last and Sonny Bunch, if that's his real name. I say this because before we get into our symposium on the great Tom Hanks, I think, uh, Sonny, there's something you wanted to get off your chest. Well, now that Anthony Weiner's back in the news. Uh, by the way, everyone who hasn't seen the documentary Weiner should go out and stream it right now. It's fantastic. It's the best documentary about politics that i've seen in some time um but the reason it... you guys are doing this again oh my god i told you oh i gotta go this is terrible this is unbelievable this is ruining the brand the weekly standard sorry that, that uh, we don't know who that was who just said that by the way i thought that we were keeping all the crazy people out of the podcast booth is that not <clears throat> the anyway great has promised vic and i can have 30 minutes to clean out our desks after we're done today <laughs> Anyway, so before we were so rudely interrupted, as you were saying. Uh, so when I was an intern slash year-long fellow at the uh, Roll Call newspaper, which is a Capitol Hill newspaper in Washington, D.C., one of the first like big exciting things I got to do was go cover the congressional baseball game. Now, before the congressional baseball game, you have the congressional baseball practices where the, the Democrats and the Republicans get together on local fields and they, they go out and they hit fungo bats or whatever you do take grounders and pop flies and uh so i go i go out there to cover it you know get some color gotta get some color that's what the young kids do they get the color and i uh i, I go up to all the you know congressmen are out who are out there i'm covering the democratic practice and you know i say hi i'm you know i'm with roll call you know let's 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 tell me about baseball and how much you love it and how great america is because this is this is journalism and uh, I, I went up to Representative Anthony Weiner from New York. I said, hi, Representative Weiner. I'm Sonny Bunch with the Roll Call newspaper. And he just kind of stops in his tracks and he looks at me and he says, Sonny Bunch? It's a ridiculous name. And was I he was laughing? Like, and or... he's, no, he's like totally stone-faced and kind of like, you know, he has like that, that kind of uh, shit-eating grin on his face <laughs> that he gets. And he 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 just like he's like that's a ridiculous name, and I'm kind of stunned. I'm I'm just like I'm taken back a little bit because I'm used to getting uh, made fun of for my name because it is a ridiculous name. He's right, Anthony Weiner's not wrong. He's just a dick. 
Uh, but like, so he and and then he and then he kind of stops, and I think he realizes he's gone a step too far because he says, "Well, you know, I can say that because my name is Wiener." And so I just want I just want him to understand that every terrible thing that's happened to him over the last five years has been karmic retribution for that moment. That's this good. is all payback. That's... This is me getting my revenge. I catfished him dozens of times. <laughs> I I have plotted and emailed and sent terrible things to the news media outlets, uh, and, and it's all because he made fun of my name at one time. He had a lot of repressed feelings at that time because we didn't have social media as fully then as right. we well, do no. now. So, yeah, so, so he this was dealing was, with a lot of things. Right, so this was like 2004 or 2005. Yeah, so you know, no Twitter, no no. Fake. Well, I mean, I guess there was Facebook, barely. Oh, yeah, you uh, can imagine what it would be like yeah. today if you had Twitter. I think it would just, you would have gone viral. No. Yeah. Can I just say the, when the very first Anthony Weiner scandal that broke... I my literally the first thought that came into my mind when I saw the very first story of it was, geez, that guy's in amazing shape. <laughs> Were you receiving his texts, Jonathan? Is that no? Why? I just or, I'm saying. And then when the when the latest batch came out, and you know, most of us here, now all of us here, are in a family way, uh, and we know what it's like to try to find time to go to the gym and to be like you know on the wrong side of forty. Well, I guess you're not on the wrong side of forty yet, Sonny. I am still on you the know, right. Side you're on the right 40. side of forty. And so this guy's like fifty years old. He's got a kid, and he's just like stacked. He's like screech on steroids, and so I just, I just have grudging respect for all that. So he does kind of look like Dustin Diamond a little bit. That's true. Yeah, I think he has Dustin <laughs> Diamond's hair. Sonny, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say JBL. So you are just taken aback by the six pack. Is that is that is that it? Or was are, you, are you are you a guns guy? He's the gun. What no, are he's the, the gun. Okay, so he's got the guns. All right, and uh, muscles. You know, hairless, like way hairless. Well, he, he certainly. Which grooms. I did think to myself. Hmm, it's a little suspect, but... Uh, and the boxer briefs, you were noticing that, you said. I didn't even, you know, my eyes didn't even get down there, Victorino. <laughs> eyes up here. What, what, eyes what, what up I found, here. What I found no fascinating is, you know, for anyone who speaks German, uh, you know, I-E sounds like E and E-I sounds like I, so that's why Einstein is E-I, Steinway, E-I. And for some reason, even though he is, uh, you know, W-E-I-N-E-R, he insists on himself calling himself Wiener. Right. And so... He's sort of, you know, he's the gift that keeps on giving for headline writers, especially at the New York Post. And I've been compiling them uh, over the years. Uh, it's only been a few years, actually. Victor, uh, what's your favorite? Well, there's so many to choose from, Sonny. Uh, more recently, there was uh, the one just uh, the other day was Happy Halloweener. <laughs> and, uh, and, and after that, we remember when the whole thing came out again. And then Huma decides she's leaving him. And, of course, the Post headline was Huma cuts off Weiner. Uh, you had to see that one coming, uh, but so to speak. And uh, when it started, and, uh, when it started, the whole controversy erupted. <laughs> Crystal really is going to kill all of us. <laughs> he doesn't listen after after he hears his own voice. He stops listening, so it's okay. Um, when it it's first happened, I believe the, the one of the first uh, headlines was Wiener exposed, and then it was Wiener's rise and fall, and then uh, there was the moment where they asked President Obama. Uh, what do you think he should do? And he said, I think he should have. If I were him, I would apologize. Oh, so you would apologize. And Anthony Weiner hasn't apologized yet. That led to the headline, Obama beats Weiner, to an apology. But it was basically, they just left it as Obama beats Weiner. And that reminded Obama me. Obama beats Weiner in like 48 font and then uh, yes. to apology. No, in like, no, in you, like had six. To turn, you had to turn the page <laughs> to, to an apology. To an, el- yes. it was an ellipse. Yes. But it reminded me of the obit I had clipped out from the post that is on my cork board, oh, which oh, is the is... Ike Turner. When Ike, oh. Turner, when Ike Turner died, uh, the headline I'm was uh, Ike, beats, Ike 76 beats Tina to death. 
as in he beat her, he beat her to the race to death. That's what they meant by that. What are you thinking about? So, and anyway, Pop goes this the winner. You know, I mean, there's just okay. I'll say really the terrible. worst New York. I couldn't believe this actually. Even for the New York Post, uh, I would say worst headline they had was Wiener's second coming, and uh, that just is what it is. But you know, honestly, we're probably when this is all over, we are going to miss him. You know, I'm going to miss this podcast. This was a lot of fun. We really was a lot of fun for two weeks. This is thanks to all of our adoring fans. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) when Wiener shrinks from the spotlight, you'll be you'll be sorry. So, um, but we were speaking of meltdowns, uh, Sonny, and I noticed that uh, on the box office, uh, Inferno had a meltdown. Yes, Inferno. Oh, what a beautiful transition! That's a great transition. I worked spent an hour two days. I worked two days on this. Thank you. So, uh, Victor, thank happened? you, thank you for transitioning to the main <laughs> issue that we're here to deal with today, which is the implosion of Inferno, uh, which did actually it did so badly at the box office that uh, the new Medea movie in its second weekend did uh, a, a higher box office gross wow. than Inferno. So, Inferno is the third movie in the Dan Brown series of films. Uh, you know, the first was The Da Vinci Code. The second was Angels and Demons. Uh, now you have Inferno. There were there were things, and these are all movies directed by Ron Howard, right? All directed by Ron Howard, the Oscar-winning director uh, of well, he did. He has won an Oscar, right, for A Beautiful Mind. John, did, uh, I can effort that while you talk. Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, so uh, if we can get our fact checker on that, the 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 uh, Ron Howard, who was great, who I like a lot, you know, I love Ron great, Howard, great great director, uh, uh, great voiceover guy for Arrested Development, probably most famously amongst this group of friends, anyway. Um, Inferno uh, does is not a very good movie. I've seen it. It's really kind of it's it's bad in the way that a lot of these in, that all three of these now down brown films have been. That it's like twisty and turny in ways that you totally see coming, um, and it is just talk, 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 talk. Here's a new. Here's an interesting thing about Botticelli and Dante and the mm. 13th century Italy. I don't care about any of that. It's boring. Uh, Irfan Khan. Is fantastic in it. I will give Irfan Khan that. Uh, but this is, of course, the Tom Hanks show. And it uh, is, I guess, it, it's, it, it is a movie uh, that, that he cannot save. And that Which is, is a big rare. Deal. It's a big because deal. Tom Hanks can do just about anything. You know, he's a guy who got to start making funny movies. He transitioned into the serious prestige pictures. And now he kind of bounces back and forth. But, you know, the thing... That I've always loved the most about him is even in the serious pictures, he brings a dose of comedy. Even in the comedy, he brings a dose of pathos. And, I, you know, he really is one of our great living movie stars. Were you distracted at all by the hair? I mean, I don't know. Is it, did he have well, to have so, no, that kind of hair? Is that how so his hair the, is described in the in, book? In, the, in, in this movie, they've ditched the uh, awful uh, uh, mullet. That yes. that has was so prevalent in the the first two films, I guess. I guess he was supposed to be described as an Indiana Jones type uh, character, right? Yes, a professor of symbology at Harvard, Victor. Yeah, yeah, I don't okay. know if you so, are familiar with the field of symbology. <laughs> no, no, that was my that would have been my uh, major. I should have chosen instead of uh, international relations. Um, Not a real major. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan. Ron you're... Howard did yeah. win best director and best picture for A Beautiful Mind. Okay, mm-hmm. good, correct. Good. Good. Well, uh, nailed it. We were thinking about, you know, what you just mentioned, though, Tom Hanks and sort of the, you know, the, the serious Tom Hanks and the funny Tom Hanks and, and where we sort of fall into this. Um, and I'm curious about that. But I'm also curious, 
you know, whenever I hear people complain about Tom Hanks now, they oh, I don't watch Tom Hanks movies because it feels like everything has to be an Oscar contender. Everything is so serious. What happened to the old Tom Hanks? What happened to Bachelor Party Tom Hanks and, and, and uh, Money Pit Tom Hanks or whatever, Bosom Buddies Tom Hanks? When did that happen? When did all of a sudden, you know, by – I mean, it's, he's the one who chooses these scripts, obviously, and he has a very good uh, sense of what's going to be a big picture, a blockbuster. But when did that turn happen when all of a sudden every movie had to be a serious Tom Hanks? And it's not every movie, but you got that sense. And I'm wondering, you know, when, when he stopped making the Turner and Hooch films, was it, was it Philadelphia or what? It was 1993, actually. So when you look at Hanks' career, uh, it's divided into some very distinct phases. And the, the early phase, he starts with Splash. Uh, he's done Bosom Buddies before that. He's into comedy. His comedy is actually his characters. He's playing the same character in almost all these. He's a guy who, again, is kind of a jerk and has a little bit of pathos to him, but is doing funny. Um, and so he's in Splash in 1984, and he is moving then very, very quickly. By 1986, he's already trying to turn into into dramatic work. And so he does Nothing in Common and Every Time We Say Goodbye, both of which flop. And so he goes running back to comedy again. So he does Dragnet, uh, Big, The Burbs, Turner and Hooch, Joe versus the Volcano. And then in 1990, he makes his run back into serious movies again with Bonfire of the Vanities. Mm. And and that was a mistake, too, though. That was a mistake. Yeah. It's actually one of the two or three best books ever written about Hollywood is a book called The Devil's Candy uh, by, I'm forgetting, I want to say Julie Salmon's the writer, but somebody else could look up that. Oh, no, I'm dealing with the computer. I'll look that up. Um, it's called The Devil's Candy. It's about the making of Bonfire of the Vanities, and it's unbelievable. You should have, If you're into that sort of thing, you should go and read it. Uh, so then, but then he comes rushing back by 1993 to Philadelphia, and that then begins the string of That's the Oscar streak. bait movies. That's the streak. He does yeah. Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, Saving Private Ryan, uh, and and you remember like in this the, the Green Mile, Castaway, in every one of these movies that came out, there was the whispering of the time. Oh, it's another Tom Hanks movie. This could be an Oscar-worthy performance in an important mm-hmm. movie. And I, I'm i a little ambivalent on Tom Hanks. He's wonderful. I think Tom Hanks is great and everything. He's a national treasure. Uh, but on the other hand, I found that period of his career kind of stultifying because he couldn't just do interesting movies with interesting stories. Everything had to be super important and have a message. And so I've been happy to actually get out of that phase of his career to where we are now. And w- what I think actually helped him was Steven Spielberg, who did Catch Me If You Can with him which is probably my second favorite of all the Hanks movies, uh, and I think is one of the only two Hanks movies that really is going to hold up over time. And that got us into the... I think yeah, that's right. That was, a, that was a Sonny Bunch snort. That, that is... Abs- Defendant. Well, right, let, so so let me ask yeah. you this. Sure. If I were to ask you 20 years from now, I, I said to you, hey, Sonny, let's go watch a Tom Hanks mm-hmm. movie. What are you going to reach for to pull off the shelf? Well, I, I I might reach for one that's already more than thirty years old. Big, big is a great classic comedy. It's very funny. It holds up well. It both encapsulates a time period, the nineteen eighties, when everybody's wearing their big dumb shoulder pads and their absurd outfits, uh, but still manages to kind of capture that uh, the kind of awkward whimsy of youth transported into a large person's frame. I would also say uh, uh, a movie that is also already 20 years old, Saving Private Ryan, which I don't know what your beef is with that, but it seems to me that the first Spielberg Hanks 
collaboration uh, is much better than the second. So I, I like Saving Private Ryan. Vic and I saw Saving Private Ryan together. I, this is one of the weirdest movie experiences of my life. Yeah. Vic and I went to a critic screening of Saving Private Ryan at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, this is back when I was doing movie reviews, I had another critic screening at 7 o'clock in the evening. All right, for, for something there's something different. Of, there's something about Mary. So Ugh. my day was was bookended by Saving Private Ryan and There's Something About Mary. Two great movies, by the way. Apples and Oranges, but two, two great movies. The two great films but of the I, 1990s. I don't know that I Saving Private Ryan is a movie that anybody ever really needs to go back and revisit. Like it is, it is a big, sprawling, searing kind of movie. I know there are people actually who don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually liked it quite a bit, but it's it's sort of so intense that I don't know that anybody ever needs to go. Go back to it. Big does big really hold up? I it's probably been ten years since I've seen big. I, think big, and I remember the big, last time I saw it, I thought Ugh. big big holds up for me anyway. I mean, I saw it probably three or four years ago, just in a in a just randomly it was on TV. I was like, hey, wife, would you like to watch our watch one of our great stars in one of his early roles? Well, one that's of a, our that's American a, that's a no lose. That's a no lose. Pro, that's a no lose proposition to ask. You know, uh, your your wife or your girlfriend to right. watch big because right. I know. Kate, my wife always talks about the scene where he is grown up and he's missing his classmates and he sees the kids playing and the leaves of it's like autumn so there's leaves on the right. streets and there's some song that yep. they're playing I don't even remember what the song is and it brings tears to her eyes because yep. it reminds her of when she was a kid right. but I was going to say what I also like about Big is it's just a it's a solid cast and a lot of the movies he does you know he's helped by I mean yes he carries a lot of the weight but he's helped by a solid cast and Big has Robert Loggia who I absolutely adore John Hurd who is great uh, and I think it's Elizabeth Perkins is the, is the love Elizabeth rest. Perkins, yeah. Uh, but I love John Hurd. He, he, the lovely yeah, he's Elizabeth terrific. Perkins. That's right. So, But this is how big a star Hanks is. So the uh, boxofficemojo.com, one of my favorite sites, which has like every bit of data related to box mm. office you could possibly want. It has uh, actors ranked by their lifetime cumulative grosses. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hanks is number three on the all-time list. Behind, could you guess? You could probably guess the first one, but not the Harrison second one. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, number one. Number Sam two. Jackson, number two. Whoa. That's such a that's such a cheat, though. That's that's like saying Orlando Bloom should be number two because <laughs> no. he's in because he's in the Lord. Of, is no. he number four? A cheat is that number fifteen is Stellan Skarsgård, whom I love, and he's Stellan Skarsgård is a well, wonderful, he's, wonderful because he's in the Avengers movies because he's yeah, in a yeah, bunch right, of right. Interesting Pirates movies, of the Caribbean, but, right? No, he's but, in Pirates but of the is, Caribbean and the Avengers movies, right? right. So that no, so but this is my my point about the hunt for out October. Sam Jackson should not be on this list because Sam Jackson was in Goodfellas and he gets the box office gross for Goodfellas even though he has like six lines in that movie. I mean, I'm sorry. That's that's just ridiculous. I'll take Sam Jackson over Tom Hanks every day of the week and twice on Sunday, just as an actor. Well, that's a separate oh. question from me. Oh, he's like, speechless. First off, first off, Sam Jackson is not exactly you know uh, Daniel Day Lewis. We're not exact. I think this is the second week in a row I've mentioned Daniel Day Lewis. He's he's, he's playing, come he's up. playing he's Sam Jackson enough, so. in just about every movie. I mean, even even in the Phantom Menace and uh, all the ridiculous prequels, he's playing. Uh, Jedi Sam Jackson. He's I, not. He's not exactly sorry, I disappearing re- into the roles. I remember Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. I no, remember right. Uh, right after around that time of he did Pulp Fiction. He became so famous for Pulp Fiction, and then he did a movie with Gina Davis. I believe it was called The Long Kiss Goodbye. Yeah, Rennie Harlan. Yeah, Rennie yeah. Harlan uh, directed and. And that was a movie where Sam Jackson played Sam Jackson again. Yeah. He thought it was right. uh, the same guy from Pulp Fiction. Right. No, Sam Jackson is very good at playing Sam Jackson. Well, and you know, he's, but, it, like I would say the most the most impressive I've seen uh, Sam Jackson recently was in 
the Kingsman, which is actually is a, which is which is a, which is a very underrated movie, and he is very good in it. And I remember people actually being kind of upset because he did interesting things with the character. He played it with kind of a lisp, and he was doing you know, um, uh, etc. But uh, no, I, I like Sam Jackson. I think Sam Jackson is great. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, we're not really on Sam Sonny, you know, kind of kind of. Terms. I bet you are. Me uh, and me and Sam, we went to the we went to the bar. We had some shots. Did you did interview shots. him one time? My God, for no. Black Snake. I would, Mon. I would love to interview Samuel L. Jackson. I bet he's a lot of fun. Um, uh, Jonathan, you had asked about famous. If you were to be asked uh, what uh, Tom Hanks movie to pull off the shelf, for me, the the the, the signal achievement of Hanks's career is actually Apollo thirteen, which I think is a movie that is so classic that it will be watchable for forever. It mm. makes you feel good about America, Apollo thirteen, and even the stick. You want to talk about. You know, sticking to the details and and how everything is very exact. Uh, when they asked uh, people who were there at the time and uh, involved in the Apollo missions, they said the one complaint they had was Jim Lovell's Corvette was red, not blue, or blue, not red, whatever it was. I mean, that was it. You know, everything else yep. exactly the same, including including this this little uh, uh, the, the character of Gunter Vent. And Gunter Vent, of course, was head of the. You know, he was uh, on on deck. Uh, and he was the uh, scientist that was making sure that everybody in, in the movie, you see him, and he is being outfitted in the uh, – uh, all the astronauts put on their uh, uniforms and the whole thing. He's making sure everything is secured tightly. And uh, a, a Jim Lovell or Tom Hanks says, I, you know, I wonder where Gunter Vent. And that guy – and that's a real guy. He was part of uh, – just uh, on, on a tangent here. He was part of the uh, the German team of scientists as they were that – you know, oh. that the, the leftovers from – Where did they come from, Oh, Vic? they came from Germany in the 1940s. Where, what but, were they you know, doing before? He was not – was not a scientist in the in that war, shall we? We wouldn't even get into those details. Mm. He was in the air force. I believe they called it the Luftwaffe. Oh, uh, but he was, you know, he was a, he was a, he was a plane guy. He was a mechanic. He was a he was a mechanic. So he was mechanic. He was just mechanic. keeping the airplanes the, yes, in the yes, air. No, that were it's not like bombing Werner von, von Braun, which right, you know okay. has been. Joked at what's the joke about Werner von Braun? I forget which uh, show it was where they talked about where he says, "Oh, I just launched these uh, rockets. I don't know where they land. I, you know, it's not, that's not my department." Hilarious. In any event, Jonathan, well, not like so I, nothing like some Nazi. Sorry, yeah, I, but just to, to close the loop on the how big a movie star he is, uh, it is interesting to me when you look at his filmography that he's done this with only ever once being in a franchise, mm-hmm. and that and franchise is the Dan Brown franchise, which is a really fourth-tier level it, Yeah, which is really, franchise. strangely, like not a very successful financially franchise, right. considering how many copies of those dumb books have been sold. Correct. He has never done an action movie, which is which must be a choice. I mean, the guy's done like 81, he has 81 film credits, uh, 47 feature films, I think. Never done, Never done an action movie. Well, which does has saving to be Private by Ryan choice. not count? I mean, no, I would think of that as like a, a historical war picture. Yeah. Um, and the closest he's come to playing a villain is Sherman McCoy in Bonfire of the Vanities. And, and wrote that to, is what about pure, Road to Perdition? And really, that's technique. more of an anti hero. No, Both of those are anti heroes. He's an anti hero because yeah. he's taking care of the kids. Is Road to Perdition not an action movie? I mean, is that more of a historical drama again? Are we. I don't think of it as an action Do you think of it as, as an action movie? Well, there like are, Mission there Impossible are, is an action movie. Right. No, I mean, there are action sequences in it, but I mean, it, it's a movie that has like four real good shootouts. I mean, it. Well, I, get, I mean, I would, I would I, classify I, I, that I more as a thriller than. More, yeah, I'd say more as a thriller than right. an action let's, movie. Let's not what, get what, distracted by this. And you like so, serious Tom Hanks, Sonny, or funny Tom Hanks? So right. if, as long as we're admitting uh, embarrassing Tom Hanks um, loves, uh, I will say that one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies, probably top five, 
maybe top three, is Forrest Gump. I realize that this is not a very cool quote, air quote, cool thing. I used to look up to you until now. But no, but I, I, I am totally, I totally, I understand it's schmaltzy. Do you uh, cry when you watch mediocre? I might tear up a little bit when he's talking to Jenny's when he's when he's talking to Jenny's uh, gravestone about how their their son is so is so great. You can really learn a lot about life from that movie. Little bit, little bit, little bit of tears. Little dusty in in Sonny's house. Um, No, I uh, I I realize that it's schmaltzy and manipulative and totally overwrought. And Pulp Fiction should have won Best Picture that year. And blah 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 blah. You can take me down the entire like. Decision tree of why this movie is bad, and I will agree with every step of the way. Uh, but it's still, I find it, uh, I find it tremendously uh, affecting because I'm a, I'm a woman. You know, it was, it was where as you Woody Allen once time? said, "The heart wants what it wants." <laughs> yes. Do you remember when uh, Jenny uh, tries to commit suicide and she? Gets up on the balcony. Jenny, who is the embodiment of like everything that is terrible about with America, those like she she is like it's very it, it is a very interesting movie, and I like I I don't disagree when people call it like vaguely misogynistic because it's like every terrible thing that happens in America from like 1960 to 1990 or so is represented in like the one strong female character. It's yeah. like you know. She's Eve in the Garden of Good and Evil. She is apple. just absorbing the filth of America That's within great. her. I, I am. I personally kind of uh, prefer serious Tom Hanks myself. Um, I am. I really like that that stretch that JBL so den- denigrates from 1993 to 2005 or so uh, is probably my favorite stretch of Tom Hanks movies, where you have, you know, Saving Private Ryan. Um, Philadelphia doesn't do it for me, but Apollo 11. 13. Yeah, Apollo 13. I'm sorry. Yeah, they well, all born together. You know, uh, what's the difference? That's a correction really? for next there week. There you go. Uh, the, you know, uh, like that that whole kind of, that thing you do, which is like kind of. I like that is, thing right, you do. Right, which uh, is, yeah. I don't know if that's really serious, Tom Hanks, but he is kind of serious in it. Right. And, he, and, and, and that thing you do, of course, he directed that He directed that, movie, that right. And it's about a Beatles-esque band mm. in the 60s trying to make it big, but of course being swallowed mm. up by the industry. Mm. And you have the different. And it was a great cast, by the way. Ethan Embry was in that cast as well, and uh, Steve Zahn, mm. and uh, Tom Everett Scott, I believe, was the drummer. Mm. Shades, mm-hmm. and and then Tom Hanks plays their manager, if I'm not mistaken. And then they break up because uh, the other guy has that. So that's the one guy whose name I, I forget right now was the lead. Uh, singer, and he is the one who has the attitude problem, and he wants to be taken seriously as a yeah. musician and not just be a one-hit Being wonder. taken seriously is so overrated. It's much better to be a joke. How would you know? How well, would you know, Sonny? I mean, this is why I strive for joke jokedom. And, uh, Jonathan, you are a serious Tom Hanks. You, you like them when it's a little bit of both or something like yeah, that. Yeah, my preference is for the Tom Hanks of uh, of Catch Me If You Can, where he is sort of all of his comedy comes just from being put upon. It's not written as comedy, but he plays it as comedy. He's the uh, Carl Hanratty, who is the IRS or Treasury Department, mm. uh, who's following around Leonardo DiCaprio. I, just, I love everything about that movie. Hanks is great. I like him when he's almost in the more of a supporting... FBI, but... almost, it may be FBI. We'll put that in corrections next week, too. Uh, almost the more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost more of an ensemble. You know, which is Apollo thirteen. It really is an ensemble cast, right? Uh, and and so is Catch Me. Well, Christopher can. Walken, I think, is very important to that movie. Yes. Uh, oh, the the father. Yeah, yeah the the father. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. About you know, I found myself as we were thinking about this show, wishing 
boy, I wish there had been a Tom Hanks in a comic book movie at some point. I don't mean Road to Perdition, which is like a graphic novel, serious. It's a serious novel. comic. Uh, but but Tom Hanks as like the Riddler. I'm kidding. I wouldn't want him as the Riddler. Um, but I was I was thinking through interesting Tom Hanks choices, and I think he would have been a very interesting young Commissioner Gordon in a oh, in for a, a serious movie. sort of. I love no, Gary. I love Gary Oldman in this commission. I, I can't love picture Gary anybody Oldman else but. To, oh no, but I could see. I could see Hanks too. All right, really quick Gordon trivia. Stuff. I bet you know the answer in the original Batman with Michael Keaton who played Commissioner Gordon. Billy D Williams. No, uh Billy D Williams is Harvey the, Dent. Harvey Dent. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the Irish Irish uh help me. Was it Jack Palance? No, it no. was it was it was Jack Charles Durning. No, it was uh, was Charles Durning? No. No. Well, you can't ask trivia Yo, questions. What, I don't know the answer. I didn't, I didn't have the answer. I didn't no, have the answer. This is ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't have the answer. I'm asking. I, All right, so I have a question. When you're, when you're driving down the highway uh, with Kate next to you in the car, Vic, do you like sometimes grab the e-brake and just pull it to stop? <laughs> just to stop to the momentum happens, of the show. I, so, so I would say yeah, the, because there really was momentum on this one. What I what I came up with was I what I really would have liked to have seen Tom Hanks. Believe it or not, to bring us back to Sam Jackson. I would have liked to have seen the Tom Hanks version of Nick Fury hmm. on the screen. I, this is, again, nothing against Sam Jackson. I love him. I love him as Nick Fury. I love his character. It's great. He has the Marvel Ultimate Universe uh, version of Nick Fury. But you, I think Tom Hanks would have been a really neat, straight Marvel version of Nick Fury. Would have played the character differently and would have been kind of cool. Yeah, he would have been more earnest. I don't know. I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have liked that. I just can't picture, and I certainly can't picture Tom Hanks now as a superhero. Not in the shape that he's in. It's it's weird. So. You, you he definitely has to be kind of one of these peripheral characters, like a yeah. an Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. or you know. But I mean, like he's actually too funny to be Uncle Ben. Even I don't I don't in the Spider Man universe. Great responsibility. Blah, blah blah. In the what universe? Spider Man universe isn't Spider Spider Man has his own universe now. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. It, well, it's a matter of not being distracted by certain character, uh, actors because you're thinking the entire time, oh, my gosh, it's Tom Hanks in this movie, and you want to forget about that. And that's why – I mean, it, but it takes a lot of I – mean, it takes just, takes a lot of skill, obviously, and some people pull it off and others don't. I could see him being a good J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, I could see that, too. I could see he that. He used to be able to do – he hasn't done, like, full-blown outrage. It would be angry time. comical. Even oh. when he's angry, yeah. you'd still be like, okay, he, well, Charlie but Wilson that's, does but that's, war, right? blow up in Charlie Wilson's a, war. He does a little bit of a, a steam take where yeah, he, he is, his face gets red. Even but, when he gets angry again, yeah. it's still – But J. Jonah Jameson is, like, kind of a comic – a a humorous mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, and also angry character. I mean, he's a ridiculous yeah. figure. He's yeah. a, he yeah. is a figure of fun. And it was perfect for J.K. Simmons. Mm, that was a great J.K. Simmons role. To play that role. Um, and, I, well, again, I like, I even like this. I'll tell you what, even the early stuff that Tom Hanks did, I first saw Tahi, it was introduced into my How world. How many times did you see Splash in the theaters? Oh, no, I, you know, I don't, that was, believe it or not, Splash was 1984. I don't know if I saw it more than once in the theater. I saw it a lot uh, at home. I think we had it on tape, or we must have taped it off of HBO. Well, your parents you could were do that illegally. R-rated movies back then. That that's right. right. You we, weren't allowed yeah, to see Splash, PG stuff. Spl- Splash was such light fare. We'd yeah. rather go see. We saw when I was a kid. Our, my parents took me to see uh, to live and die in L.A. 
uh, and that was <laughs> the, awful. Really? Yes. They, they, they did this. So I was probably, what, 12, 13? And they, Friday the 13th there when is, you were five. There was, a guy gets his head blown off in the beginning yeah. of that movie. Well, a lot of things happen in that movie. the shotgun by Willem Dafoe. And the part that my parents wanted me to see was the sexy. Oh, no, close your eyes. You know, that's the part. Don't look at that this part. Is, Everything else is okay. Vic, this is America in a nutshell, right? This is why the MPAA, if you, if you, use, if you use the F word twice, it's an R. If you, you know... If you, uh, but you can shoot a thousand corpses as oh, long yeah. as there's That's no okay. blood. Yeah, it's a PG. Yeah, it's minimal. PG, it's, it's you know, minimal. Whatever. But no, I was going to say even before that, when I was a kid, the first time I'd seen Tom Hanks was Bosom Buddies. It came on. It was ninth. It was from eight. It ran for only two seasons, the eighty to eighty two. And it was on ABC, and it was part of the ABC lineup. Believe it or not, it was they threw it around a little bit on Thursday night, Friday night, and sometimes it was the lead into shows like uh, Barney Miller or ta- uh, Taxi, I think, um, and uh, Mork and Mindy. I mean, it was a powerhouse on ABC. And actually, Hanks was on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show recently, and Jimmy Kimmel showed him a poster from ABC that was the you know the hot ABC Friday night you know countdown, and it was the four shows. It was Mork and Mindy and Taxi and Barney Miller and Bosom Buddies, and they were the they were the kids on the block, you know, uh, him and Peter Scolari. And he jokes about um, when you drove onto the Paramount Studio lot, everybody you know, everybody the famous people had names to their parking spaces. But uh, Tom Hanks, of course, and Peter Scolari, they just had numbers. But he said, on the other hand, there was Judd Hirsch, you know, or Pam Dauber, who was, you know, Mindy from Work and Mindy. And the most you would get was, you know, a nod from Donnie Most, who played Ralph Mouth in Happy Days, <laughs> at the commissary. He wouldn't even, they wouldn't talk to him. He said they wouldn't even talk to you. And those guys were at the top of the food chain back then. That's what's in- insane. Those guys were at the top of their game. But I guess because he had done... Um, uh, bosom buddies, and as part of that world with ABC and Paramount, that he then they then uh, made him do a crossover, and he had a cameo appearance on Happy Days, and it was ridiculous. And he played a guy who was avenging, you know, a slight that the Fonz had, you know, um, committed to uh, when they were eight years old, and you could tell the crowd recognizes Hanks from Bosom Buddies because they went wild for him, even though he was technically a bad guy on the show. And then Happy Days in those days, you know, you just everybody laughed. Anytime, you know, a fam- anytime a character walked in, you would have to clap, you know. And the same thing with Tom Hanks, and they loved that. But as a result, I imagine that by being connected with Happy Days, he was then connected to Ron Howard. And uh, Bosom Buddies ended in 82, and then Splash was 84. Can we talk, while we're talking about his TV career, just for 30 seconds about what I think of as the apotheosis of garbage TV sentimentality? which is the very, very special episode of Family Ties, starring <laughs> oh, yes. Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks as, as the uncle. uncle Ned, who has a drinking problem. You know what I was so relieved by, by the way, Jonathan? Do you remember that? that? I do, and I get confused, though, because there's another episode where there's an uncle who's the molester to Mallory, and I was like, I hope that wasn't Tom Hanks, and it wasn't Tom Hanks, it was another actor. <laughs> who Look what happened. He chose that role, and I don't know what happened to that guy. I, that, that episode, Sonny, are you old enough to remember this? I am aware that these are things that were on TV. Is that your question? Right, so we used to have these I'm, things right, called televisions, right. and you had little dials were like on them boxes. that you had to turn. Were, and rabbit ears. Is that, like, is that like the, the flat yeah, right, You would put a nickel in wall. then, and oh. it would you would stream the video for what? 15 seconds wow. at a time, and then put another nickel in. Anyway, so for younger viewers out there, uh, there was a show called Family Ties, and on it, it starred the, the, the girl who is the real-life sister of Michael Bluth. There you go. That's the that's the way. Um, and 
uh, and one of they had it was just a normal that sitcom. Is, that is esoteric. I don't know if people are going to Justine Bateman. That a normal a normal sitcom, and then they every once in a while would do like this suddenly non sitcom very special episode with a message to you at home. And Tom Hanks was on as a uncle who was visiting the family who had a drinking problem. And it was like super serious and dark. And he hit Alex B. Keaton, uh, Michael J. Fox. And, and they were trying to drink straight alcohol, like rubbing alcohol at one point. <laughs> like the that. entire thing was so horrible that like even as an eight-year-old, you could watch it and think, this is cloying and wrong. Do you have any other thoughts on Tom Hanks? Much like this podcast. Uh, I, think, I think I've exhausted my. Now that I've let me thoughts. finish my drink. Uh, like now to, that we've talked about the alcohol, what, what about, let me yes. let me finish my drink. I can't well, believe you guys are drinking this garbage. What about it's so uh, good? I believe just it's called bourbon. Hits, Everybody, once it, once it I've just the, outed Jonathan. Yes. He thinks that bourbon is garbage. He okay, doesn't. He if you could smell now. this, is send bourbon. send your angry tweets Everyone, to Jonathan last, please. Don't send did this cost you seven dollars at the package store? It was no. This was like a twenty. This is old granddad. So a proud granddad. One fourteen proof. It's doesn't have a unwitting sponsor. The problem, bottle. You know, the problem with with uh, people who think that drinking is a problem uh, is Tell that us, they, Uncle they Ned. Can't, they, Tell can't, us. they can't appreciate the finer things in life, like a fine it, bourbon it, it takes burning the you back know, of your throat. I know what you're saying, John, and that's what the kids are saying before they get older and then they appreciate things, you know? So yeah. I understand that. That's right. I remember when I was growing up and, you know, everyone wanted their Coors Lights, and I was like, let me, let me drink my Yingling. That's what the that's what the or, cool kids or are drinking. Pina Colada, whatever. Yeah, or it is that you're <laughs> my tie. It's okay. That's uh, all right. It was actually just sugar water. I didn't, I, I didn't drink alcohol. So, uh, can we move on to corrections? Sure. Okay. So last week, on the pilot episode of the weekly Substandard, uh, Jonathan last said something, and he was wrong. And I'll just leave it to Jonathan to straighten things out. We did two things wrong. Uh, the first is, as my pal Jason O'Connell reminded me over email, uh, we left out in our long discussion of adaptations L.A. Confidential, which is one of the best film adaptations ever, adapted from a James Elroy novel. Uh, Curtis Tanson, who recently passed away, uh, directed that in right. another, another movie you and I saw together. At the Uptown. This is actually was that social or was that professional? I can't remember. A little bit of both. <laughs> uh, the big, the big mistake is when we were talking about uh, Tom Cruise last week. I was talking. I, I was trying to make the joke for the Edge of Tomorrow that the elevator pitch for it was Starship Troopers meets Groundhog Day, and I said not once but twice Star Wars Troopers which is not, in fact, a movie, and which makes me sound like more of a blithering idiot than I already am. I mean, frankly, that is uh, deeply embarrassing. And PolitiFact is very upset about this, <coughs> but we have issued a retraction, and, and we'll try to do better of, next time. The, another, another funny thing about that commentary track, if I remember correctly, is that he spends a decent amount of time not quite attacking his actors as being terrible. He, 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 he highlights the, the criticism that these are all kind of wooden actors and he says well maybe that was kind of the point maybe i knew what i was doing when i made this like uh you know nazi era knockoff uh propaganda film and cast it with attractive young people who couldn't actually act by the way we're talking about the nazi theme i believe neil patrick harris uh looked very much like heinrich himmler in the end of that remember the black trench coat 
He's fantastic. That movie really is an underappreciated classic with the great Michael Ironside, like the peak of his Michael Ironside-ness. Everything about that movie is actually pretty great and rewards rewatching. Okay. Well, on that note, I uh, see that our glasses are just empty, and uh, that means it's all the time we have uh, for this week's episode. Thanks for listening to the weekly substandard. Until next time. The weekly substandard's wardrobe is furnished by Botany 500. Every game show host. What is Botany 500? Botany 500. Sonny, every game show host, Richard Dawson, Wink Martindale, they all were furnished by Botany 500. Today What's it's a game like show? from it. Okay, there we go. You know what I was going to say? Uh, was In honor of Tom Hanks, who did Punchline, I was thinking of ending uh, every episode uh, with punchlines to really awful jokes. This way I won't get in trouble, won't get any complaints, because there's no setup to the joke. I'll just read the punchlines. That's why they call them the Aristocats. Ready? Oh, yeah? Well, I just had some hot buttered corn. Come on. You realize it's Aristocrats, right? Not the Disney, not the it's Disney a movie. Double okay. joke. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes with you guys, one? you think that's bad. You should see how he makes the donuts. Uh, come on, uh, no. <laughs> hey, that's not my belly button. Oh yeah, well that's not my pinky. All right. <laughs> I have a question. Does stony silence translate on podcasts? Okay. They're laughing. We're does putting that... a laugh track on. We're laying. Does... I forgot to tell you, we lay over the stuff. Death by Boomba. All right, you guys All right, smell. You, oh, it okay. smells horrible. You're Here, just putting that it. into your body. Put this it. is the first time we've had a woman on the show. This yes. is great. His na- her name Miss, is Jonathan Last. Miss Joan Last. How are you doing? You know what? That is hurtful to a lot of people. Oh boy. Now we're in for it. Okay, that's this, at this least better not make it. I, at least I three saw problematic. a story today that showed that in uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. they believe that there are 1,200 voters who are transgender, who do not have their new genders accurately accurately reflected in their identification, and they're concerned that these people may be turned away from the polls. And you disenfranchised. Know what, you know what this is? And so if Hillary Clinton loses the election in Voter Wisconsin suppression. by 1,200 votes, we'll know. And, so, and I would like to say that your hateful remarks about my identification will be part of that. Excellent. Uh, so was that was that okay? I think we're done. I'm sure it's fine.